we go. Social Media Thursday, July 21st. It's Fantasy Baseball Today. Adam Azer, Scott White, and let's say hello to John Garcia, Jr. What's up? Nothing much. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's going pretty well. Marlins in a bit of a rut. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to come and go all season, it seems, especially when we do podcasts. It's always yeah. the same time. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe they can turn it around today. We are recording in the early evening, the late afternoon, and the Marlins are currently losing 4 nothing to the Padres with Javier Vasquez on the mound. Against the Padres. I know, and what? the Padres. Cameron just, may have been in the Padres. <laughs> the Padres crushed them on Wednesday. It's, they really. It seems like every time we say, well, you got to start this guy. He's facing the Padres. Yeah. The Padres do this. Yeah. To him, and it ends up a disaster. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't start Ricky Nolasco. We'll talk oh. about him later. Here's the information you need to know at CBS Fantasy News on Twitter, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. And if you're listening to our podcast, email us at D as in Dennis, M as in Menace, Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. I got to tell you guys, I'm really getting into Twitter. I know I'm like three years late to the party or whatever, <laughs> but it is very useful. And I, I, you know, it helps with the show, too. Find out a lot of good fantasy stuff thanks to you, your crew over there. It, it has been a staple of our department. It's, it's changed the way we, we write updates, really. Yeah? It's, yeah. It, no, it's, the it's, way everybody gathers. you got to get it out really. there fast. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. we, we tweet it out. I mean, sometimes even before the update's done, it's already tweeted out yeah. just so that link is there. Just That's so very helpful. It, it yeah. is. So I recommend following us at CBS Fantasy News and, of course, on Facebook uh, Get to your questions a little bit later. Let's start the show with three up and three down. Wilson Bedemeet is three up number one. He has been traded to the Tigers, so this clearly helps his value, right, John? Absolutely. You know, Brandon Edge, historically bad this year, 177, I think, and <laughs> I thought it was a surprise. They actually DFA'd him yesterday, so Bedemeet's going to get a ton of opportunity to start at third base there. Uh, I think he's batting around 280 this year, so he's going to be steady. Again, not amazing third base production, but much better than Edge was. Scott, would you rather have Betamite or Alberto Cayaspo? That's actually a pretty similar comparison. Uh, I, I think Betamite, just based on what he did last year when he had that OPS near 900, there might be a little more power potential with him than Cayaspo, uh, but he hasn't shown much of that this year with only three homers and 203 at-bats. So I, I guess I might lean toward Betamite, but just slightly. Betamite or David Fries? I'd go with Freeze there. Eduardo Nunez. <laughs> uh, I'll say Betamit because he's going to keep the job all year probably. All right. <laughs> Hideki Matsui is three up number two. I meant to talk about him yesterday, but we ran out of time. But it works out because he had a big day yesterday uh, after our show. He's driven in eight runs in three games, John. Would you rather have Matsui? He was only owned in 12% of leagues or Sheerholtz? It's, it's always tough with Matsui. You know, the average is not going to come up at all. But uh, And the A's lineup is so streaky sometimes. You just kind of want to avoid those guys in the middle. You know, obviously, Jamil Weeks and those guys up top, they can manufacture fantasy production otherwise. Uh, but Sherholz has been picking it up more consistently lately. So slightly Sherholz right now. But either way, they're, they're both low-end marginal guys. Joe Maurer, three up number three. He is 12 for his last 22. Scott, is he back? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say he's back back he's it seems like he's on his way back I I know during this hot stretch he has something like three doubles and I I think it even goes back further than that in his last 20 hits only three of them are doubles Uh. and the rest are all singles and uh you're talking about a guy with knee issues it's going to affect his power so while it's nice to see him getting more consistent at the plate and and maybe playing first base more is helping him with that um I, I need to see a little more from him 
to declare him back. That yeah. said, at catcher, I mean, you can only ask for so much anyway. <laughs> kind of reminds you of a guy that was going to talk about later on in the show, Jason Bay, who's dealing with an injury right now. But remember, Bay had that little quote-unquote hot streak, and we said, well, where's the power? He had one game where he hit two home runs, and he hasn't homered that since. Yep. I think he's driven in like one run since then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'd like to see a little bit more in the power, power department from Joe Maurer. Let's look at three down now. Corey Hart is three down number one. Uh, and he's batting 194 over his last eight games. However, he has been homering and, oddly enough, batting leadoff. Thoughts on Corey Hart? My thought on Corey Hart is he hit 283 last year, and that that's really the ceiling for him as far as batting average goes. He profiles more as a 260 hitter. is down to 256 now, so it's almost like a, a normalization there, this slump. It, as long as he's hitting homers and um, – considering he missed some time earlier in the year he's on what would be a 30 homer pace over the full season mm-hmm. you know 260 guy with 30 homers is still pretty good and that's what i see Hart mm-hmm. being so he's producing as you would expect right now yeah three down number two colby rasmus <laughs> not producing to what we expected earlier in the year he is uh really just having a bad year and he's sitting for john jay right now john and and he's owned in 91% of leagues, certainly not producing like a guy who should be owned in almost every league. Right, and and John Jay, a guy who was a virtual nobody coming into the year, has, has played well in almost every opportunity he's been given. So you figure that's going to continue, not to mention Rasmus' uh, the trade rumors are swirling, the apparent bad blood between him and La Russa. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's been bad all year, but people are taking stock in him because of his name, because of what we expected from the last couple of years. But you can't expect that going forward until he actually does it, until he actually breaks out of the funk. And maybe a trade will do that, but we we got to wait and see. I think two things here. One, the fact they're not starting him every day says he's going to get traded. And two, when he gets traded, he's going to be an everyday player right. no matter where he lands. So He's definitely a stash, right? I want to say definitely stash. That goes back to John's point. He hasn't actually proven anything yet. So he's cuttable for that reason alone. But there is some justification to stash him, too, if, if you do like the upside and if you play in a deep enough league that he's worth owning. That's Kobe Rasmus. What about John Jay, though? He's a, a subplot here. Is he worth adding? Well, he would be the big um, beneficiary if Rasmus got traded as an everyday player. I, yeah, I, I kind of put him... Actually, in the Nate Sherholtz class, in that he could hit for a good average, but not enough power to be somebody you start in standard mixed leagues, off and on maybe, but not a, not a reliable every week guy. Three down number three is a first baseman who is owned and started in almost all leagues, and looking up what he has done in the past 28 days, which is something you can do with our tool uh, in your fantasy league if you go to players and then stats, you can... Look at certain intervals, whatever. If you look at first baseman, first base eligible players in the last 28 days, this just blew my mind. <laughs> Gabby Sanchez is the 27th best first baseman in head-to-head leagues and 36th in Roto. And again, he started in almost all leagues. Is he overrated, Gabby Sanchez? You know what? <laughs> what did you refer to as the gospel among high-end hitters the other I, I think that's the word you used i don't know i don't recall. whether or not they're on the must start list in the hitting oh <laughs> yeah gabby sanchez was for several weeks uh the one i'm writing today for this weekend um i just removed him you're wow. out of there, there goes, gabby. Out of the, and, there and that's uh I, I feel like sanchez we all 
kind of were quick to jump on board because he, he profiled as somebody who not a big power hitter for a first baseman, somebody who might scrape out 20 homers, and he was more like on a 30-homer pace at the beginning of the season. And you were counting on that high average, the high run production, and everything yeah. else. Uh, you were kind of sacrificing a little bit of power, but now that he's, I believe he's under 300 for the last yeah, couple of weeks, so once that goes out the window and the power's still not there, it's been a month to the day, I 20, think. Since yeah, yeah homer, one month. His since last his homer. homer, I mean, for, even for an outfielder, you're kind of like, oh, well, we need to pick that up, but for a first baseman, he's definitely got to pick up that slack, so yeah, he might be a a bit overrated. He he can still turn it around. Well, is he somebody that you should get out of your lineup now? Okay, obviously he's not on the must start list. Are there a lot well, of good first base options out there that that you're starting over it, him? It's Freddie it's tricky terminology that must start list. Yeah. That means no matter what else you have, you have to absolutely start this guy. That doesn't mean well, you should probably sit him just because he's not on the must start list. Right. That being said, the Marlins do have tough matchups this week, uh, this upcoming week. Not to ruin Sunday's show or anything, but just a little sneak peek there. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm he, not coming in on Sunday anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sanchez might be worth sitting next week if you have uh, uh, another good option at first base. Let's look at the rotation. I want to put Scott on the spot here. Johnny Cueto is first in the rotation. Five pitchers who caught our eye from Wednesday's games. Six innings in Pittsburgh. He allowed one run. He struck out four. His ERA is under two. I remember we read an email last week. You guys, you and Al both said you'd rather have Ricky Romero uh, over Johnny Cueto. What's your beef with Johnny Cueto? No beef. I just feel like the steps Ricky Romero has taken the first three years of his career, they've been bigger and more uh, more predictable. They're, they're the kind of steps you can trust more. The strikeout rate, 7.6 per nine innings. I mean, Cueto, for what he's doing now, his strikeout rate has actually gone down this year, and it wasn't great to begin with. It's at 5.3 Ks per nine now. And a lot of that ERA is dependent on his 6.2 hits per nine innings, which is an extremely low rate and just an unbelievably low rate for a, a pitcher who isn't getting strikeouts. Uh, so... I, I think there's going to be a lot of normalization to happen here with the ERA. And um, it doesn't mean I think Quaid is a bad option or, or that he isn't also progressing. Mm-hmm. But I, I I put him behind Romero. That's interesting. All right, Derek Holland, <laughs> I tried to catch some of his start because he's coming off complete game shutouts, saw a couple of innings. He did not look good. He actually could have had an even worse line um, than the five and a third, nine hits, seven runs. But he got saved in the first inning by Daniel Murphy, but so this is a guy who was owned in 75% of leagues and uh, just got crushed by the Angels. John, what do you make of this? It's tough with those AL West pitchers, as, as are the NL West pitchers. You know, yeah. the, the top half of, of the division has some solid lineups, and the bottom half has the complete opposite. So, you know, he dominated Oakland, he dominated Seattle, which is right. fine, but once he, I mean, the Angels aren't even what they used to be, and they still racked him, like you said, uh, almost unwatchable. Probably owned a little bit um, over where he should be, but he started in 50% of leagues, so the owners kind of got that right, where, where they know as to he's kind of 50-50 option, right. and they got it right on the nose, so keep him steady like that. Don't, don't overachieve with him. Are you guys buying Vance Worley yet? Every time he goes out there... He impresses a little bit more. Eight innings mm-hmm. and one run on four hits with seven strikeouts against those Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I, I think he's to a point now where we can't keep dismissing him. That's one earned run 
or less, one or zero, <laughs> in each of his last six starts. And seven innings or more in three of the last four, and the strikeouts have been going up little by little during that time. He he seems to be getting better instead of slowing down and, and falling off a cliff the way I think some people expected him to. So Worley is, is certainly a mixed-league viable guy. I actually tried to pick him up in all my leagues after this start, and I couldn't. So <laughs> good job, everybody else. Yeah. Bad job, me. <laughs> Worley or Holland? I, uh, yeah, I'd go Worley right now. Both you say Worley. Yeah. Worley or the fourth guy in our rotation, John Danks. Welcome back, John Danks. What an outing. Seven scoreless innings, six strikeouts against the Royals. He did throw 110 pitches, which seemed a little excessive to me. But uh, who do you like, Worley or Danks? That's a tough call. Um, Danks obviously coming off of an oblique injury out for about a month as those oblique injuries have been weird and very common this year for some reason. Uh, you got. I think you got to go with Worley. Four wins in a row, as opposed to Danks. I mean, he didn't get the win last night. Uh, he had a couple of wins going into the injury, though. Uh, so it's uh, to me, it's a toss-up. But I think you got to ride the hot hand right now, which is Worley, depending on what happens with his situation in the next couple of weeks, though. I, I think I'd actually go with Danks, despite everything I just said about Worley. <laughs> no, just Danks because, is a great option. Right. Danks, it's a good problem right, to like, have. Like John said, I mean, he was getting better before the break. Obviously, has a much longer track record. I think Worley, um, over time, Danks is kind of a best-case scenario for him, the kind of pitcher he can be. So I'll take Danks. Okay, Ricky Nolasco. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Inning and a third, nine runs against the Padres. Just didn't have it on Wednesday. So he's owned in 93% of leagues. I'm going to guess you'd drop him for Worley at this point? No. No? No. No, I wouldn't. Really? I okay. would have dropped someone else for Worley if Worley had been out there. Uh, because I actually had Danks. Uh, I mean, I actually had an Alaska starting, so you think I'd be all vengeful and want to <laughs> kick him off my roster as soon as I can. This really doesn't change my opinion of him at all because the thing about an Alaska is when he's great, he's great. When he's bad, he's really, really bad. Horrendous, exactly. <laughs> and and these starts are going to happen. You just got to live with it. And okay. uh, I think the good is still good enough that you hold on to him. Let's look at the injuries, news, and notes. And actually, you shouldn't look at the Stephen Drew injury unless you have a strong <laughs> stomach. He broke his ankle, and he's out for the season. Who replaces him in Arizona at shortstop? It looks like it's going to be Willie Bloomquist, at least for now. Right. Um, he got off to that quick start at the beginning of the season, also replacing Drew. And could be a decent option, particularly if you need steals. I just don't know that he's going to hold up. Um, the numbers are going to hold up when he's playing day after day after day. Do you think Cody Ransom gets a chance, though, coming up from the minors? Ridiculous I'm, numbers. Does he have – Does he, I know. I think he was a third baseman. Does he play shortstop? A lot of the speculation last night immediately when the injury happened was, oh, bring up Cody Ransom because you know how crazed we are for minor leaguers, even a 35-year-old minor leaguer. But uh, I think he's got 89 RBIs and 90-something yeah. games. Just I don't know. Just numbers. the fact. I, just, I think they might give him a shot or based on the speculation. It seemed that way last night. Yeah, he'll probably get some time. I just feel like any time – if a guy's 35 years old and still in around in the minor leagues, he better be tearing up the minor right. leagues. So it doesn't, it doesn't say a whole lot to me. Well, haven't you ever seen the movie The Rookie? <laughs> I mean, he did great, I think. Uh, Carlos Gomez broke his collarbone in the same game. He could miss the rest of the season. At the very least, he's out for a couple of months. 
So I would ask you if we should add Niger Morgan, but then I would be spoiling Scott's NL quick pitch. So Niger Morgan is coming up later on in the show. And I gave you the quick pitch before you made the show notes. Usually goes the other uh, way. Uh-oh. That's actually incorrect. I had <laughs> Nigel Morgan in my own notes. In your private notes, I, in your head. Yeah. I'm not allowed <laughs> access to those. Uh, all you got to do is ask. Kyle Loesch <laughs> is having his injured finger looked at, and he has actually been pretty bad lately. Dropper stash, Kyle Loesch. I think the finger injury might be re- reason enough to drop him. It's It's been a couple months now that he's been bad, and his numbers only look good because he was so good at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Okay. Another setback for Jose Tabata. So he left his rehab start with tightness in his quad. Now are we concerned? Got to be. I mean, you got to be frustrated with – Very. I mean, what, every couple of weeks? It's almost – it's like clockwork. He's, he's going to get hurt. He's going to miss a couple of games here and there. And on top of that, his production hasn't been as good recently as it was to the, considering uh, his hot start, excuse me. Uh, kind of like what you were just saying – uh, so you got to get frustrated with him, and it might be the time to, to pull the trigger with some other options out there. All right, that's Jose Tabata. Moving on here, the Mets reportedly are not interested in trading Jose Reyes. Not sure we'll see. what that does uh, <laughs> to his value. They should trade him. I mean, it, They are so stupid if they don't trade Jose Reyes, in my opinion. you got to strike while the no, iron is hot. No, I, I disagree completely. The, uh, the this Mets, guy is going to get his contract is, and never be this good again. Oh, it, it may be, but he's still going to be one of the top – Four or five shortstops when in he's baseball when by he's far. And uh, the Mets are a team that can afford to overpay. This is no, kinda, they can't. Yeah, no, they, they, no, they don't well, have the money for that. Look, and Beltran's going to be gone. Bay's going to be gone If soon they enough. were the Yankees, it would be one thing, but they have money problems. They have serious financial problems because of the Madoff stuff. I think Reyes <laughs> is, is worth paying for. Okay. Reyes or David Wright? The Mets aren't uh, going to be down. David Wright. The Mets aren't going to be down long. <laughs> They're the Mets. I mean, they, they have... They have a good general manager now, and they have resources. Money. That's the question. The question is, do they have the they resources? They have more resources <laughs> as the average team still, I, okay. I have to believe. I hope you're right. Brad Lidge <laughs> looking to rejoin the Phillies Friday. Grady Sizemore out four to six weeks after abdominal surgery. How do you feel about Ezekiel Carrera? He's been filling in and low-end option, obviously, but he's been scoring some runs, stealing some bases in that Cleveland outfield. Carrera. Yeah, I might give you some cheap steals, but I don't have high hopes for him otherwise. I don't see him as a high upside guy. Small sample size, too, so you never know with those guys. Mariners third baseman Kyle Seeger has been sent down to the minors, so if you were starting him, don't start him anymore. Uh, And Yahoo Sports reports that Padres owner Jeff Morad told Mike Adams, setup man Mike Adams, that he won't be traded. However, Adams said he he didn't get that word that he definitely wouldn't be traded, so... We'll see what happens. Uh, wait and see. That's all you can do with him. Yeah, wait and see. Got a lot of stuff coming up with the trade deadline in 10 days, the non-waiver trade deadline. More from Around Baseball before your tweets and Facebook comments. Let's start out with a couple of pitchers who had some good outings and are, are actually uh, coming off two good outings in a row. One is Juan Nicasio, who's owned in 17% of leagues, 14 innings, one earned run in his last two starts. Then you've got Nick Blackburn, 13 innings, one earned run, 10 strikeouts in his last two starts. So they're owning roughly the same amount of leagues. Blackburn, Nicasio, who do you guys like better? I'm going to take Nicasio because I feel like the upside is much, much better. The stuff is better. And uh, Blackburn, 
okay, you can pull out a couple good starts from them. He's going to have those every now and then. We can't forget he had a 12-15 ERA the three starts before <laughs> that. And that's what he does. He's not a good pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, not on the must-start list. Kyle McClellan, guys, he continues to be um, – I, I just think he's very average. Six innings, four runs against the Mets, and another RP-eligible guy, Bruce Chen, eight innings of one-run ball against the White Sox on Wednesday. So, John, which RP-eligible guy would you rather have, McClellan or Chen? Well, baseball is a game of hot streaks, a game of what have you done for me lately. McClellan, one win in his last four games. Chen, three quality starts over his last four games. He's the winner. Bottom okay. line. Andrew Miller, owning 28% of leagues. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know now. He's frustrating. You know now. Five and two-thirds, two hits, no runs, six walks. Um, but he just doesn't give up a lot of hits sometimes, but the walks, right? I mean, They're would, back, and the strikeouts are down. I think he had no strikeouts in the two games leading up to this one. Yeah. Right. That's not. So you don't care about <laughs> yesterday's outing that he did well, he fairly walked, well? He walked six guys. So okay, no, that's, that's, that's what you not, do care that's about. That's not <laughs> what I want to see from Andrew Miller at all. I'm done with him. Uh, Nicasio over Miller? Yes. John? Yeah, absolutely. Freddie Garcia, John, six and two-thirds scoreless against the Rays. Uh, he's owned in half our leagues, just about. Another guy who's heading in the right direction, won three of the last four. Can't ignore that. And obviously, anytime you have that lineup behind you, it's going to give you a good chance more times than not. So 50% is about right. Give him the nod in deeper leagues, uh, and then depending on the matchup going forward. And the Rays strike out a lot. I did not realize so that until their, their yeah. broadcasters pointed it out yesterday. They said this is a team that doesn't have a lot of power. You cannot strike out ten times a game, but they, they strike out a lot. It's mostly B.J. Upton. <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> Probably a lot of B.J. Upton. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, eight scoreless innings in San Francisco, 12 strikeouts. He leads baseball in strikeouts, and he went against Tim Lincecum. That was a heck of a matchup. Jimmy Rollins hit two home runs yesterday. Let's talk about Ryan Dempster. The Phillies rocked him. Three innings, seven hits, six runs, three walks, five strikeouts in three innings. He's going to do that. He's owned in 84% of leagues. He started in 51% of leagues, Scott. Yeah, I'm still pretty high on him. Um, Dempster? There, there's been, yeah, there's been enough good starts recently that I can overlook something like this. Yeah. Not gonna, not a high-end guy, but 84% on that seems about right. In fact, I was thinking you could apply what you said about Brandon Beachy to Dempster, that Beachy had this awful start, and you said, well, maybe now you can buy low on him. Yeah, no, that, that uh, makes sense. Dempster, you look at Dempster's numbers, overall numbers. I think his ERA is back over five after this start, yeah, yeah. and he's not, he's not an ERA over five pitcher, so you could fool a lot of people with Dempster. So three guys who are in my notes, Michael Martinez, Jesus Guzman, Fernando Salas. They are in either our social media section or our emails. So the listeners, the viewers, uh, the readers, they want to know about Michael Martinez, Jesus Guzman, and Fernando Salas. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. Jason Wirth, he doubled twice and he homered. He is owned in almost all leagues. He has started in 58%. And he hit 154 in June, and before yesterday, he was at 158 in July. John, you care at all about two doubles and a homer on Wednesday? Absolutely not. He's the Colby Rasmus of the NL East. <laughs> you got him because you, you expected these great numbers, and he hasn't done it at all this season. But you're still waiting on him in 96% of leagues, stashing him there. Stash him if you like, if you have uh, a deep bench in those leagues. But otherwise, I mean, there's no need to start him at all. Who will end up having... A worse contract through the life of it. <laughs> Jason Worth or Barry Zito? Wow. 
Worth has a chance to get out of it at least. Yeah, I have a little more confidence in Worth. Zito is... It's already a horrible contract. <laughs> Chris Narvison, seven shutout innings with four strikeouts in Arizona for Narvison. No walks, 35% ownership. You care about that one? Not really, because he's done this several times already this year. It doesn't last. He's low end. However, here's a guy who had a 2.91 ERA in June and right now a 2.52 ERA in July. Maybe I should have put him in the rotation, but there was a lot to talk about from yesterday. Joe Saunders. Quietly, under the radar, seven innings, two runs last night against Milwaukee, and he's only owned in 22% of leagues. <laughs> Good matchup last night, at least, with Narvison and Saunders. Did you guys want me to kind of pick who I was addressing that to? Because <laughs> it was a little too open-ended. Yeah, I guess so. John, why don't I you just, go first? I just – the si- – oh, okay. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, defer to Scott. <laughs> the silence there was – that's all you had to know. You didn't really. I, I think I think that was my answer on Joe Saunders. Okay, you're not, really. I remember and, Al talking and, about him maybe a month and a half ago and saying he's he's on the up. Watch out for him. I don't know how Al still feels about him, but I just well, thought those stats were impressive. Two eighty five ERA over his last start, twelve starts. So that's impressive. And he's done this before uh, with the Angels. He did this kind of stuff all the time. It's just he's left a left handed Nick Blackburn to me, <laughs> where if you buy into him now, you're going to regret it. And uh, it's going to be painful. Chen or Saunders? Chen. Um, I think he's better, and he has the RP eligibility. That's the kicker. And Dwayne Belo made his major league debut yesterday, starting pitcher for Detroit. Five innings, one run, two strikeouts for Dwayne Belo, who spells his name like the word below, uh, but it is Belo. So, guys, have any thoughts on Dwayne Belo? Does he have any value? I watched the game yesterday. It looked okay. looked okay. Uh, He kind of... He kind of gave up some questionable hits, but the defense didn't help him out. I think he had a couple of unearned runs there. But so far, so good. But, again, with with any pitcher who comes up and makes one start, you kind of have to wait and see because a lot of them look good in their first start. Uh, Especially know, those, against Oakland? Yeah. Well, that, that <laughs> never is a, is a bad situation to get yourself into. So we'll see what, with a couple more under his belt if he gets that many. Now it's time for Social Media Thursday, facebook.com slash Fantasy. Let's go to the Facebook questions first. John Vizdos is first. Will Brian Mattis ever become the elite starting pitcher he was expected to be, or should I sell while he still has some value? Does he still have value? Keeper league? Uh, I guess. I, you know, long term, I still think Mattis is going to be okay. His velocity has been picking it up, picking up in the minors. Um, I heard so he got if, crushed today. Did you see? I didn't see. Okay. But I think he was... Uh, he was coming off a really good month of July. I think he may have even gotten some Pitcher of the Month award or something. I heard Jeff Lippman talking about that, and he knows he everything <laughs> there is to know about the Orioles, apparently. <laughs> I so. bet he follows him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you could see that developing at some point long in the term. long-term league. Okay. Tyler Willis from New Hampshire. 12-team keeper league, points base with pitchers and batters being about the same value. I'm currently in second place, and I have Jose Bautista in my outfield. Being that it's a keeper league and Jose is 30, I want to move him for a couple of young studs while he still has value. Do you think I could get a top-tier outfielder and pitcher? What can I expect? Thanks. I think you Why? can. I, I think you can get um, – you can pretty much name your price with Bautista. Right. I, I know I traded Price and Beltre and Gordon for him in one league. But – 
your why point. And, <laughs> I mean, go ahead and expand on that because oh, that's I mean, a good one too. You know, if we're talking about the NFL or the NBA, maybe 30 years old, yeah, you know, you, you might want to start to think about getting rid of him. But in baseball, 30, yeah. I mean, he's last year he broke out. So you, we still don't even really know what he can do over a three, four-year span. So why not wait and see uh, while he's still doing it? It's not like he's slowing down. He's actually having a better year this year. So Yeah, 30 is not too old. <laughs> no. Zach Javorski is next on Facebook. What is Jason Hayward's and Ichiro's trade value? I am loaded on outfielders with the likes of Kemp, Cargo, and Bruce with Pence on my bench. Wow. What should I be looking to get for Jason Hayward and Ichiro? I don't know that either have are good candidates to trade right now. Hayward, in particular, is just he homered today, which might get the ball rolling, but his numbers have been down all year. He can't stay on the field either. Yeah health issues. Ichiro's kind of in the same boat, particularly recently. His batting average is down to like 270 or something. When Ichiro can't get away with hitting 270, he's not much apart from his batting average. So, right. uh, To be honest, I could see in shallower leagues these guys getting cut. I, I don't know. Trading them, you know, there, there's upside for both. Uh, you're probably just better off holding on to them. And, and if you have so much confidence in them, trading one of your higher-end guys. Right. Next question comes from Brian Scott Watson. It's addressed to Scott now, but John, <laughs> we'll throw you in there instead there of Al. Go. Scott now, or Scott and John, how are your fantasy teams faring this season? <laughs> what is the highest place currently, and how many teams do you have on average every year? John, go ahead. Go ahead and kick it off. Uh, yeah, let me go first before he throws out his 38 <laughs> fantasy teams. Um, I got about eight or nine teams uh, wow. the last few years. Uh, this year, obviously, working here, we got a couple more going. Uh, so far, so good. A couple leagues in first and second place. A uh, couple of CBS leagues, middle ground. So could be worse. Obviously, injuries anytime you're doing fantasy baseball have been in the mix, especially with the pitchers. Uh, so middle to higher ground. So, so far, so good. You overestimate me, John. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I, I turn down a lot of leagues because I'm in six that I actually play out and I, I really don't want to do more than six. You get beyond that. And I, I feel like I just can't do anything with any of them. So right. I, I turned down some offers to, to keep it at that number. And, uh, uh, to be honest, I'm not in first place in any of them right now. I'm in second and third, that kind of range in, in most of them. There's one that I'm completely buried in, in in El Only Roto League where, to be honest, those really deep like that, leagues like that, people talk about them as more of a challenge. I, I think they're more luck than the shallower leagues because if you don't happen to guess right on the players when you draft them, you're done. Yeah, there's there's no saving you. There's no waiver wire you can build off. There's no there's not much maneuverabil- maneuverability in trades. Uh, so I, I'm uh, I'm not as fond of those leagues, and I'm buried in one. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, six, eight, whatever, however many leagues you guys do, it's pretty impressive. It's a lot of stuff. I do wonder our last Facebooker, Scott and Al, again Al, but we'll throw it into John. I never miss Appreciate a show. It. Well, I do. You got you and I have something in common because I never miss one either. I can't say the same <laughs> for Scott now. Uh, I just made a trade. I would appreciate your feedback on 17-team Roto League, very deep. Yeah. I gave up Pablo Sandoval, Coco Crisp, <laughs> Coco Puffs, he calls him, Jeff Carstens, John Neese. So Sandoval, Crisp, Carstens, and Neese for Tommy Hansen, Dylan G, Logan Morrison, and Matt Joyce. Uh, what do you think? I... Uh... 
Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> I got so distracted by that Let that I need to look it time. over again. Sandoval, Crisp, Karstens, and Nice to get Hanson, G, Lomo, and Joyce. These, like, eight-player trades are so hard to, to pick through that, you know, Tommy Hanson stands out as clearly the best player here. Sandoval is probably the second best. He's on the other side. But then you got Logan Morrison, who I'd consider the third best. So I, I think the, the scales tilt more in, in Hanson's favor. Right. It might depend someone on need, though. Well, then good job. Cocoa Puffs. Let's, let's move on to Twitter, <laughs> at CBS Fantasy News on Twitter. Andrew Domindajani. <laughs> Andrew D. Sorry, man. Uh, Fernando Salas, <laughs> is he in any trouble? Salas, Isringhausen, or Bastardo rest of the season? Salas still, by far. He's not in trouble. He a uh, couple losses in his last three appearances, but three earned runs total during that stretch, so it's not like he's getting pounded. And in the nine and two-thirds innings leading up to that, he allowed two hits total. So he's he's proven himself. I'm not worried. Plus Three. there's a lot of change, you know, with Isringhausen and Bastardo. There's a lot of possible change there as, as Salas is more concrete for now. So, yeah, I agree. That's Andrew Dominijani. And let's move on to Lee Rodriguez. Lee Rod on Twitter. How much do you expect from Jose Altuve in comparison with what Chris Johnson did last year? Can he produce more this year? It's a kind of a strange comparison because Johnson far exceeded expectations last year. Uh, he ended up being a serviceable fantasy option when you didn't know if he was ever going to be a serviceable fantasy option. Altuve, I think there's definitely going to, be, to come a time where he is serviceable, um, but it's just hard to say whether he's going to do that jumping from double A to the big leagues. We've already seen much better prospects struggle this year, Moustakis and Rizzo and all of them. So uh, I think he's a better player than Chris Johnson, but I can't say he's going to do what Chris Johnson did last year. And our last tweet comes from Brett Selinger. Brett Gardner has been hitting over 330 since April 28th, and there is now talk of him hitting leadoff. Can he get some love? And I will answer that first by saying he was actually going to be in three up today until I saw this tweet because he has stolen 16 bases in a row without getting caught, and he is 18. He has uh, reached base safely 18 times in his last 27 plate appearances. Uh, I guess my question for you is, is he a must-start now where we're not even looking at lefties and righties? Is he getting closer to being on that must-start list? John, what do you think? I say Roto... He's he's closer than he is in head-to-head -head because, as you said, we're not looking at lefties and righties, I know, but you can't ignore it. Uh, I say Roto, he's he's closer because, I mean, 30 stolen bases is always supreme, and he's hitting well um, over the last couple of months, I think, over three, 320 or 330. Uh, 330 uh, since April 28th, yeah, as Brett so, points out. There you go, so... Yeah, he's he's right on the cusp, I think, in Roto. I don't know so much about head-to-head -head with so many other good options out there. It, the the big change for him recently, very recently, I, I think he started against the last three left-handers the Yankees have faced, including David Price on Wednesday. Um, so if they're willing to do that with him now, and, and I, I'm pretty sure he had a good game on Wednesday. Yeah, I think it was one for three with a walk and a steal. Certainly like, good enough. Like <laughs> um yeah, if he's playing every day, this is a guy we were we were talking about as a big breakout, kind of on the level of Jay Bruce almost, just more in the speed department than the power. Um, I, I think 
he's certainly worth owning and, and probably worth starting. But you know how how tough I am about that must-start terminology. <laughs> okay, let's quick pitch here. One player in each league to talk about, and Scott's AL player is Rich Harden, who is owned in 41% of leagues. Yeah, Rich Harden is, since coming back from the muscle strain near his shoulder, has been kind of up and down. Uh, his first start, two earned runs, six strikeouts in six innings. Second start, five earned runs, two strikeouts in five innings. Pretty ugly. But then his last start, three earned runs, nine strikeouts in seven innings. Two very encouraging signs. One, seven innings. He pitched deep into a game. That's always big for a guy with his injury history. And the ninth strikeout shows he still has the case potential, um, even with all the injuries. So, uh, he, he's still uh, relatively unowned in fantasy. Uh, a lot of people waiting to see uh, if he can keep it going. That's the big question for him, if he can have the consistency to do what he did last time out over and over again. Saturday, he's going at the Yankees. Um, could be a make-or-break start for him in fantasy, at least for the short term. If he dominates the Yankees, <laughs> that's it. I mean, he's getting picked up everywhere. So... If you have a roster spot to play with, you might want to go ahead and beat the rush and pick up Harden now. If it doesn't work out, you can drop him later. John, your AL player is Travis Snyder. Five RBI Wednesday, 0 for 4 Thursday, owned in 59% of leagues. Travis Snyder. And Scott White loves him, first of all. It's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm not saying start him in every league. I'm not saying go get him right now, right now. But keep an eye on him. He's been back for 13 games since the demotion and the promotion. Uh, 20 hits in the 13 games, 357 average, 17 driven in, a couple of homers, a couple of stolen bases. He's going to play every day. He's already he started every single game since he came back. And the Blue Jays are hot right now, so that's why I say keep an eye on him. Don't necessarily jump off the boat right now. Just keep an eye on him and see what happens over the next couple of weeks before you start him. But he might be worth picking up at almost across the board right now, depending on, on how he responds to the wake-up call going further. Because that's kind of how I look at mm -hmm. the motion as a wake-up call, kind of like the Brandon Inge scenario. Do you, do, was the Snyder comment in reference to my sliders it was. column? It was. I, I was pretty harsh on Snyder. Very. Oh, it was so Very harsh. harsh. Yes. Oh. Because <laughs> Scott had always I'm never very liked, harsh. liked his uh, potential. If I remember correctly. Yeah, Snyder, you know, he could still become a great He's player. very young. The, the problem is just I haven't seen much power from him yet. Well, what have you seen from Niger Morgan? He's owned in 21% of leagues. He's your NL quick pitch. Yeah, Niger Morgan, this is in relation to the Carlos Gomez injury, which you referred to earlier. He's done probably for the season. And uh, they, they don't really have anyone else to platoon with Morgan with him down, I suppose they could always bring somebody up. But mm -hmm. right now, it's, it's looking like Morgan could be an everyday player. And uh, a guy with his potential, that's probably good news. Um, we've seen it before with guys like Seth Smith and, and Matt Joyce. You know, he's, he's hitting 240 against lefties this year, 203 for his career. So it, it, it could actually hurt his value in, in roto leagues if it, if it just completely ruins that 333 batting average and, and – uh, uh, leaves Morgan as just a, a one-trick pony. But I, I still say, gener generally speaking, anytime a guy goes from not every day at bats to every day at bats, it's a good thing. It it could mean he ends up useful in head-to-head -head leagues as well. Um, so Morgan, a guy to pay close attention to, to see if he does actually end up playing every day and to see how he performs in that role. And, John, your NL player is Aaron Harang, who's owned in 67% of leagues. Right, and it's funny how Scott alluded to a make-or-break start for 
Harden against the Yankees, and I'm kind of in the same mold with Harang uh, for the entire week coming up. He's got two starts, Philly and Colorado. Obviously, those are some pretty solid lineups uh, at times. But um, it's based on this. In the last eight games, he's given up 11 total earned runs. That alone is pretty solid. The guy doesn't lose. He hasn't lost in his last 10 starts. His ERA is mid-three. 3.29, I think, to be exact. And the offense is actually looking better in San Diego. Granted, they're against the Marlins, and anytime we do a podcast, the Marlins are slumping. <laughs> but, again, not, just like Snyder, keep an eye on him over these next couple of starts. But just like with Harden, you might want to take him now just before the rush comes if he can manage a win or two against those lineups. Although he's not going to be a high-end guy at any point in the season. Our email address is dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. Don't have too much time for emails today, so let's see if we can get through these somewhat quickly here. Dear Fantasy Podcasters, this is Adam representing Duke Law who says, thank you for making my internship even more enjoyable than it already is. Well, thank you for listening to us, Adam. Um, After spending countless hours of pouring through countless rankings and negotiating what seems to be an incredible trade, I'm starting to get cold feet. I would trade Michael Morse and receive Drew Stubbs. I'm pretty strong in power, pretty weak in steals, 7 by 7 league. Should I make this trade, giving up Morse to get Stubbs? I could see why you'd hesitate now. I'm I'm starting to believe in Morse more and more, but I still think Stubbs is the the better player, and and what clinches it for me is the fact that you need steals a lot more than you need power. Yep. You know Stubbs, even if he struggles, is going to give you steals, and Morse, um, you can pretty much only trust him for power. Next one's from Aaron in a 4x4 keeper league. 13-team, 30-man roster, Howie Kendrick or Neil Walker? Uh, Slight edge to Kendrick because of the consistency. You know, he's going to hit over 300 and made the all-star team. But Walker is a little bit more boomer bust. So depending on what you need, uh, but I would say Kendrick slightly right now. Dear Fantasy Know-It-Alls, this one comes from Nathan. When is David Wright coming off the DL? Anybody uh, tomorrow. Oh, so tomorrow, right? Right, against yeah. the Marlins, yay. And when, <laughs> and when he does, who should I drop? Matt Wieters. Howie Kendrick, Ben Zobrist, B.J. Upton, Brandon Morrow, Chris Carpenter. Weeders, Kendrick, wow. Zobrist, Upton, Morrow, Carpenter. Good problem to have. Am I allowed to say Kendrick after <laughs> uh, John just built them up? It, you no, know, I, I don't have anything against Kendrick, but... David um, Wright, I mean. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the, he just seems the lo- most low-end guy here. You know, maybe Morrow if you don't need pitching, but I, I like having extra pitching personally, so I, I would be more likely to drop Kendrick. Johnny Trauma from Calabasas, California, home of the Kardashians neighbor, Britney Spears. Well, thank you for that, right. Calabasas. I'm in a 12-team. She's coming to concert soon, John. Uh, I know you're going, so have a good time there. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> kidding. I'm in a 12-team head-to-head points dynasty league. We can carry seven starters, four of which we start each week. Uh, so Johnny needs to drop one person here. Shasin Bedard Oswalt. I guess I'll. Uh, I guess I'll lean toward Oswalt. His, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, his timetable's just so up in the air, and. Uh, you can't even be sure he's going to pitch like an ace when he gets back. And yeah, even when he was healthy earlier, he wasn't ace-like. Yeah. So, yeah. Caesar in L.A., 10-team head-to-head league. Dear Fantasy Baseball for Dummies experts, I've been offered a trade for my so-called ace. I would get Tommy Hansen and Joe Maurer. I have John Buck right now. Tommy Hansen and Joe Maurer for Felix. I feel like pitching is a real hole on my team right now. So would you give up Hernandez to get Hansen and Maurer? I think he's just looking at his pitching staff, which you happen to list here. 
His pitching staff doesn't seem like a hole on his team to me. And although I usually prefer the side in a two-for-one deal getting the one, I think Hanson and Maurer are both so high-end that uh, it's worth doing. um, Particularly that big upgraded catcher, even with Maurer, slow to come around. All right, here we go. Justin in New York wanted to know who is a better pitcher going forward, Umber or Worley? Worley, right in the hot hand. Hello to the mighty, mighty podcast crew. Comes from Big Al. I was asked if I was willing to sell Tulowitzki to the top team, currently in second behind uh, by 24 points. So it's a roto league. He's in second place, and the top team wants Tulowitzki. I would offer Tulo, Street, and Ryan Roberts to get Starlin Castro, Adrian Beltre, and Joel Hanrahan. Wow. So giving up uh, Tulo, Roberts, and Street for Castro, Beltre, and Hanrahan. You know, if a guy's already close. 24 points ahead in a Roto League, his team is stacked. So he's just I, – I have a feeling he has replacements for everybody he's trading. Um, so that's just, that would just be a big upgrade for him, Castro to too low. I think you're already sunk in this league. Uh, so you should probably just stick with Tulo and deny him the satisfaction of building the most dominant team on the planet. Yeah, well, Tulo could still get even hotter, right? Right. Yeah. Tom from Comac, here we go. Now our chance to talk about Michael Martinez and uh, Jesus Guzman, who uh, is playing first base for the Padres and doing well against the Marlins right now. And Martinez has been okay, filling in for Placido Polanco. Do you guys like these guys short-term or long-term? Michael Martinez of the Phillies, Jesus Guzman of San Diego. Short-term possibility for Martinez. Obviously, Polanco will be back at some point, and he's not going to get sat. So short-term possibly, but nothing more than than a low-end guy for Martinez. And Guzman? What's interesting about the Padres situation, there are reports that Kyle Blanks, remember him, is on his way back up. Potentially at the expense of Rizzo going down or Ludwig, Ryan Ludwig getting traded. So of all these options, it, it, it's close between Rizzo and Blanks, who's the best long-term. Guzman has been interesting, but I think uh, if this change happens, it's going to be irrelevant because he's going to be primarily a bench player. That's it for today's show. We're back on Sunday telling you who to start and sit for the upcoming Fantasy Week. John, thank you. Thank you. Go Marlins. I hope now that you're off the show, <laughs> they'll they'll turn it around a little bit. Yeah. We appreciate it. That's John Garcia Jr. and Scott White. I'm Adam Azer. Producer is Matt Brodsky, and we'll talk to you on Sunday.